to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 270 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. NASCAR is back. Daytona is in the books. And wow, what a weekend. What a kickoff to the season. The weather was great. All good things. Uh, and, and I can't wait to dive into that tonight. I am I'm looking very forward to it. Um, couple things here. Well, we finally have a baby. Yes, uh, Alden Lee was born uh, Wednesday, February 16th, 3.36 a.m., 7 pounds, 5 ounces, 20 and a half inches long. Uh, he is doing fantastic. Uh, Mama is doing good, too. Uh, and, hey, believe it or not, we're actually getting a little sleep. Uh, he likes to sleep, and, and we are a-okay with that. So uh, what a crazy time last week. Uh, it was a it was a journey uh, throughout the uh, delivery process. We were scheduled for an induction on Monday. We went in Monday night when we were told to. Uh, they sent us home at midnight because they were so busy. We went back Tuesday uh, afternoon. We went back in Tuesday afternoon around 1 o'clock and, and started the induction process. And uh, it was 3.30 in the morning when uh, we had to go the route of a C-section. And uh, lo and behold... I got a son, and I can't believe it. Uh, six days of fatherhood. It's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, just to smell his little head when he's laying on my chest, it, it's, it is absolutely incredible uh, and cannot wait for what the future brings with this little guy. Uh, so excited. Uh, thank you for all of the kind words on, uh, on Twitter when I posted the announcement. Really appreciate it. It was so nice to see, and, and uh, I just love it. Um, and can't wait to share stories about him with you guys now. It's, it's oh, I, I can't wait to get him in a go-kart and see what he can do. Um, and, and Brad Yunker is, is ready for that. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So we got a baby. Uh, so that's why uh, no show last week. And hope you guys enjoyed uh, the show two weeks ago with Kaz Grala uh, and Sam Pele. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. I've got uh, our ARCA winner from Daytona. Corey Heim is going to be on the show later tonight, as well as Brian Halan from Joe Gibbs Racing. He is their, uh, he's the head coach over at Joe Gibbs, and he is going to talk about next-gen pit stops and how crazy uh, and, and what a shakeup uh, the the next gen car has created for uh, pit stops and looking forward to talking with him. Got some Daytona recaps, obviously social media shout outs. Newdorf is going to have the weather and we're going to talk a little college basketball, especially with what happened with um, Joan Howard on Sunday before the 500 during the Michigan uh, Wisconsin game there. Lucky dog, lap down picks, and of course, fantasy. So, big show, ready to go. Let's get things going. Let's get Brian on the line and, and talk some pit stops. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He is the head coach of the Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew teams. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Brian Halland. Brian, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me on today. Just, uh, kind of post Daytona 500 trying to figure everything out man I'm telling you so week one Daytona's in the books is there a sigh of relief is there anxiety where, where are we at like 24 hours post Daytona 
I think there's a little bit of both. You know, we, we spent, gosh, we spent a year in development um, for this single lug pit stop with, with all of our different athletes at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, so, you know, I was, I was eager to get the season started to just kind of see where we stack up with, uh, you know, the competition, but, you know, we encountered some, some issues along the way, just throughout the, the Daytona 500. Some of the, the cars were difficult to pit, um, not set up quite, quite like our pit practice car. Um, so that was a challenge. And then, uh, just some, some different things that, that I think we're going to learn, um, throughout these events and, and stop by stop, um, just as, as we see the differences between the racetrack and here at the shop. That's great, man. Well, listen, we've got a lot to talk about with the changes to the car, how that will impact the crews. But b- before we get to that, you know, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how a D1 goalie finds himself as a pit crew coach in NASCAR. Oh, geez. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like a while ago. But, uh, yeah, I was a, a former college hockey player, uh, played Division One college hockey at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Uh, so back then it was the CCHA, so played like Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Go Blue! Uh, big schools like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we took our fair share of butt whoopings up there in uh, Yost <laughs> Arena. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, so we had a team psychologist in college and his name is uh, Jack Stark. And he was working at the time with Hendrick Motorsports and, and he did come up, he knew that I kind of liked racing and he goes, Hey, have you ever thought about being on a NASCAR pit crew? And I'm like, are you serious with that question? <laughs> um, so that, that's honestly, that's kind of how it started. He's like, no, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm for real here. Do you want to go down and, and do a tryout? And, and so, you know, it, it, timing worked out. Where, where I got the opportunity to go over to Hendrick and, um, yeah, really tried out to be on, on a pit crew as, a, as an athlete and was able to earn a spot there, um, worked there for four or five years and changed. I ended up changing tires for, I think, eight or ten years and then got into, you know, the coaching side of it kind of right away and really worked my way up. I worked at team Penske for better part of 10 years as an assistant coach. And then in 2019, got the opportunity to become the head coach at Joe Gibbs racing, something that that I've really worked my entire career to get to this point. Uh, Joe Gibbs racing is, they set the bar every year for performance on pit road. And I tried to get over here as a tire changer and wasn't good enough. Um, and then it, it's it's kind of uh, rewarding to get that opportunity to, to come over here and, and be the head coach. Um, really just a dream come true to work for Coach Gibbs and Coy and um, the whole Gibbs family. Um, it's just first class and everything that, that they do and, and the way that they treat their employees. And, you know, there's nothing that, that I need that I, I don't have when it comes to the performance side of, of what we're doing. That's great, man. So, Lap Traffic Nation, uh, when your driver's leading going into the pits and then someone from Joe Gibbs Racing comes out with the lead, uh, that's Brian's fault, and we're going to get into talking more about that. Uh, so, listen, uh, did you grow up a NASCAR fan? Who was your driver? You know, what, uh, you know, what was the you know, NASCAR fandom like beforehand? So, so honestly, I, I knew nothing about NASCAR. Um, my brother at the time was living out in California and he started 
getting like watching NASCAR and I think it started with fantasy NASCAR and he's like, Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, no, like Sundays, <laughs> Sunday is my only day off during the week. Like we don't have hockey games that day. Like I'm watching golf on Sunday. And he kept, he kept bugging me. He's like, turn on the race, like whatever. So then he, he talks me and, and three of our buddies into coming out and visit him for California to go to the race in Fontana. And so we did that whole experience and I, I kind of watched the race. I'm like, God, oh, this is boring. And, and then, and then the drivers came down pit road and I was like, Oh my gosh, look at those guys. That's amazing. Um, and then it just kind of built from there. Then I started watching the sport and it, you know, it just got the opportunity by chance that, the, that Dr. Jack Stark was, was working at Hendrick and, you know, really when you're, when you're thinking about getting into NASCAR, I mean, it's, it's really difficult, but if you know somebody that that's involved, I mean, obviously that, that's how opportunities come about sure. in all facets of life. So what, uh, what's, what's your race week look like as far as at the shop? Uh, are you at the track each weekend? You know, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So really COVID forced everybody to kind of think outside of the box. So we've on race day, we've got a, a kind of think NFL war room type atmosphere sure. um, where, where we, you know, we have open communication to all the pit crew members um, and then live video to where I'm, I'm basically sitting in an office watching everything they're doing and can give them instant feedback that way. Um, we are going back. They, they opened up some roster limits. So I'll be traveling to, I think myself and our assistant coach uh, are going to go to like 20, 24 to 28 events this year. Okay. Um, there's, there's some races that, you know, that are more important, obviously from a, a pit stop standpoint that we'll make sure that we're at those. Um, but yeah, it, I'm excited to get back to the racetrack because you know, for the better part of 15 years, I was traveling both, you know, really Xfinity and, and the cup series. Um, so being at home, I know my wife and, and kids appreciate that. And, and I, <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm excited to, to get back to the racetrack. Absolutely. Um, all right, man. So, so let's talk next gen, uh, biggest swings to the cars in a long time, uh, which has impacted, you know, pit road, uh, in, in a, great way uh you know talk about the transition a little bit in terms of you know how you 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 approached it as a coach in in trying to get your teams prepared for this and you know walk us through going live this past weekend at daytona yeah i, I mean anytime there's a rule change and, and especially one that's is, is cra not crazy but it is 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 different as is what this is going from five lug nuts to one and and the differences in the car um, I mean, it's a real opportunity to gain a, a big advantage, right? And that was kind of our approach at, at Joe Gibbs Racing was like, how can we take advantage of an entire year head start to, to get going? So, I mean, we, from the recruiting side, um, Chris Hall did a phenomenal job bringing in different athletes and, and we've been training them. And not to say that all those guys are on our premier teams yet, but, the, but they're up and coming and, the, and they're learning and we, we've got a good head start on that. And some of them have graduated from the development program and are within our partnership with 2311 um, pitting those cars and, and a few of them are on our, our house cars too. So, um, you know, when you, when you approach it, 
I, I still feel like the best pit stops are going to be done by the best athletes and, and the best trained guys, right? It's, uh, you know, you start with a really good athlete and you, nobody grows up, you know, playing pit crew on the playground, right? right. So it's, it's something that, I feel it's something like we that has should to be, be. taught. <laughs> Well, maybe we should start that as right. a little side business, right? <laughs> we need to get um, like one of the like you guys have on the uh, uh, on the the pit stands. You know, you've got that wheel that's just attached to you know practice, get warmed up on. You know, I feel like we need to work that into like a little tykes toy for the elementary schools or something. The elementary, yeah, can, yeah you've got the you got the playground over there, and then you've got a, a single lug uh, right. <laughs> gun and, and and wheel that the kids can play with. Yeah, that might that actually is not a bad idea um but yeah so so with all that time we we looked at all the different ways to to pit the car right and and we came up with um something that's radical that um nascar actually put it put a rule in place um because it is crazy as this sounds um we developed a pit stop to where the all four guys changing tires so both tire changers approach the car from the front of the car um which you know anybody that watches nascar knows that the rear tire changer always chases the car down what we're looking at trying to do is like how can we get this wheel gun on the lug nut you know basically at a zero second um, and if you can figure that out, like you've got a half a second lead on everybody because the rear changer, that's how long it takes for him to come around the back of the car and then find the lug nut. So it kind of started with that idea and then it developed into what we call the, the next gen pit stop. Um, you know, NASCAR is, is funny in the way that it's hard to keep secrets. Um, and, and people kind of found out what we were doing. And I think some, some teams had some concerns because they didn't, they didn't know the information, but they knew it was such a radical change that they were honestly probably a little intimidated by it. And, and they thought maybe they could, they could bring their concerns to NASCAR and, and they could create a rule, which they did. <laughs> they, they said, uh, uh, the rear changer must approach the vehicle from the rear of the car. Um, thankfully, uh, you know, we were able to, to talk with NASCAR and invite them over and, and hats off to them for, for bringing everybody over here and really understanding why and what and, and kind of embracing the change that we were trying to make with this, with this next gen pit stop. Um, I, I tell, I tell our staff all the time, like this is an athletic event when you, you watch the guys all chasing each other around the front of the car and, and the way that, that they're getting to the, the right side of the car. Um, and then the speed, like we found some crazy speed now, albeit it's in practice. Um, it's not been done at the racetrack yet, but I, I think there's potential to, to do a four tire pit stop in the seven second range, um, with this next gen pit stop that we've developed. Um, and again, that's, that's not able to, to go to the racetrack per NASCAR's rules until, March 20th at Atlanta. Um, and with the, the repave at Atlanta, I don't, I don't know that we'll do it there because it could be a lot of two tire stops and that just changes a little bit of our approach, but yeah, you'll have to, uh, keep your eyes open for that because it's, it's really exciting. Something that we've, our guys have worked extremely hard on. That's revolutionary. And, and I am, I'm really excited to see that. And all right. And, and I have this down the list here, but I'm going to bring it up now just cause you brought up two tire stops and you know, me as a fan sitting there 
and seeing just this weekend how quickly these pit stops are getting done. Me, I'm thinking to myself, are two tire stops a thing of the past because of just how quickly you can do a four tire stop? And if you do a two tire stop, uh, you know, could we maybe have a fuel issue because the teams are just so used to, you know, hey, maybe we just need one can, uh, you know, for, for the last run or there's a late caution and, you know, the timing over just how long we've had the five lug stop, you know, I'm thinking to myself, a single lug, you know, are they, what if the driver goes to leave too soon out of instinct as soon as the jack drops and all this kind of stuff that I'm just thinking in my head could be a problem on a two-tire stop. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, you know, typically when we did two-tire stops, you know, with, with the old generation car, it, it would line up pretty good. If you put right sides on it, you could pretty much get one can of fuel in there, um, you know, call it five and a half seconds. You could, you could dump you know, easily 10 gallons of, of fuel. Um, now on, on a right side stop, and you didn't see it at Daytona because everybody's still trying to figure out the, the setups of the car. And, and if you noticed from the race, there was a lot of teams struggling just to pull the wheel off. Um, they were hitting the fender and, and, and there were some setup issues really across the board. But as teams get smarter and they, they figure out what you can do to, to help the car you know, essentially be more pitable for the, for the pit crews. Um, it's such a balance because you, you maybe take some speed out of the car, um, to, to give your pit crew a little bit easier car to pit. Um, so it, as teams find that balance, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch because I, I think you're going to have some teams that go super aggressive on the, on the pitability part of it. Um, and then you're going to see them gain 10 spots when they come, come down pit road. And then teams are going to go, Oh gosh, we, yeah, we can't make up that kind of speed on the racetrack. We need to, we need to follow suit and make these cars more pitable. Um, but where I'm going with that is you should see some, some right side stops in the three flat range with, uh, with this single lug, um, you know, we're constantly pushing our guys out at, on the practice pad to, you know, be dropping the right side at, at a two nine, two ninety five, something under three seconds, um, which is, you know, it's crazy, crazy fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then the problem becomes, well, how much fuel can you get in in that amount of time? Right, so, right. um, you know, in that, in that case, uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you might, because on, on a fuel only, most of the time, it's like two or three seconds of fuel. So just call it, you're getting five or six gallons. Um, but then again, you, you know, there, there's errors that could be made, you know, changing. It's just one lug nut, but you you could go out there and, and the lug nut could come out of the socket and go zinging down pit road. And all of a sudden, what you thought was going to be a three-second pit stop could end up being 10 seconds sure. um, by the time you, you, you fix that. So I... Honestly, the, the crew chiefs, our job is, as a staff is to prepare all our athletes to, to be ready for anything the crew chief decides to call. And, and honestly, that's why they drive the company vehicle. And <laughs> that's why they make, they make those decisions, whether they want two or four tires. Sure. Um, we saw this uh, this weekend, and you mentioned it a little bit. You know, some of the teams had issues, whether it was with Joe Gibbs or, or other teams across the, the grid. Um 
Talk a little bit about the, you know, a couple of years ago, NASCAR switched the guns, right? Uh, and obviously now they've got a new one. Uh, you know, did you guys see any issues with that? You know, we, we did see some issues with getting the tire on and off and, and with the gun. Uh, you know, does NASCAR need to make changes? Are there issues from that side of things? Or is it, you know, trial and error and it being, you know, Daytona week one? Yeah, I, all the feedback I got from the guys is the the equipment, you know, as far from the Paoli gun with the single lug. I mean, they, they have that figured out. I mean, I don't know that anybody produces anything better than that. Um, so that's really their expertise and is in that big gun right now it's it's up for debate on on our old gun that was used for five lug nut um we had a ton of gun failures with with paoli um you know they they worked hard to to try to make it right but you know there were there were times where where your race was affected um by the equipment that they were they were providing um which was was really frustrating but everything i've understood understood and you know obviously we we had to purchase a bunch of those guns for practice they're really durable and and honestly i've been extremely pleased with with the performance um that we have right now with with their equipment sure that's great um okay so can you tell us uh, not from a a dogging perspective or anything like that or can, can you just break down for the listeners what happened this weekend with uh the penske tire situation yeah um that's it's been a it's been a hot topic for sure um i don't think what they were doing was necessarily to try to gain a competitive advantage especially with some of the the issues that we saw as a company yesterday um the tolerances are so tight from from where the wheel slides up on the hub that if you get the the slightest little nick in the aluminum wheel like it makes it really difficult almost impossible to even get the wheel seated um so i i and, you know, I think we're learning also when the, the whole hub and the assembly gets a certain amount of heat in it, maybe there's expansion and you're putting a cold aluminum wheel on and, and that makes it nearly impossible. So I think I think what they were doing is they were just opening up those tolerances and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what NASCAR's take is. I would I would expect to hear something Tuesday, Wednesday. Sure. Um, but may, maybe it goes the other way and they say, you know what? Honestly, we probably should be doing this. So I, I wouldn't be surprised with the, if, if they came down on them and said, no, you, you weren't supposed to mess with anything from a vendor and, and they give them a crazy penalty. And, and I probably wouldn't be surprised if they said, well, actually, this is, this is maybe, maybe what we should be doing, um, especially with the issues that some of the teams had yesterday. Sure. Cool. Um, all right, man. So I want to wrap with this uh, and, and you and you mentioned the word athlete a lot, which I absolutely love. And, you know, I know there's always the, the, the debate are the drivers athletes, which they absolutely are. And I think sometimes the pit crew kind of, you know, falls under the radar a little bit, just in terms of the athleticism that these guys have, you know, this isn't the, you know, 1970s pit crew cigarette hanging out in, in their mouth with, uh, you know, a t-shirt and jeans on like these guys, are out there to be a part of the team to add to the the capabilities of the driver and the team as a whole and and getting to victory lane um you know 
Talk a little bit about the types of athletes uh, from the different you know realms of sports that you guys have uh, on the Joe Gibbs Racing teams. The importance of that, and you know, words of advice to anybody that you know is is a 13 year old NASCAR fan that thinks it's pretty cool and wants to get into it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we the, the, they're professional athletes, you know, and. and they, they come from, I, I always got to start with hockey. I finally got a hockey player in here. So <laughs> they, come, they come from hockey, um, football, baseball, um, soccer. I, I mean, it, it is, you know, again, it's, it's something we use some, some recruiting help and, and, and we find, find athletes from all over. And then it takes a special person too, right? You, you've got to have some interest in, in being competitive. Well, you got to have a lot of interest in being competitive, but you have to have some interest in NASCAR. Um, but honestly, when, when we bring guys in to evaluate them, you know, from a physical standpoint and athletic ability, like it, it's, it's really neat to see what kind of people come in and, and, and see how they, they take to the sport and see their interest level. And, and it's not for everybody. Right. But man, we've had some, had some good success when we get guys in here and, and they, they see, you know, the hardest part when, when an athlete is done with their career and their perspective sport is the ability to, Hey, now, now I can't compete anymore. I got to go sit at a desk and, and work eight hours a day or, or whatever. But, um, NASCAR brings that avenue to compete for another 10 plus years, right? I mean, you, you can, you can do this well into your thirties. Um, so say somebody's career is over after college and they're 24 years old and, and all of a sudden they have a, another career that, you know, they can make a lot of money and, and be a part of a professional sport and, and train like a professional and, and, you know, fly on private jets like professionals do and, and have the best of everything, um, have coaching and, and, you know, medical staff and, and everything that goes along with it. I mean, it's just, it's such a neat avenue for, for, you know, athletes looking, looking for the next thing. You know, we, we evolved the Little Tykes playground with, with, the, with, with that, and I think, you know, I, I mean, obviously this is just kind of like fantasy talk here, but, you know, when you look at NASCAR and we try to compare it to the stick and ball sports, if you will, I really think it's the pit crew that has the most comparison. Uh, you've got recruiting. You've got minor leagues, right, in terms of whether they're coming up through Xfinity or, you know, the, the coaching programs, the developmental programs. Uh, you see a lot of movement across teams with pit crews. You know, you yourself, you know, you're with Hendrick, uh, Penske, now with Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, you know, would it be cool if there was a pit crew draft uh, based on team's performance and, and, you know, having the ability to get a, you know, a first round pick, second round pick from a pit crew perspective? That would be that would be unbelievable, and, and I I think to add something else to it w would be if we could figure out how to trade guys. Oh um, my God! Would be <laughs> absolutely amazing. Or 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 you know, again, it, it's really difficult. You know, from a recruiting standpoint, trying to hire somebody from another company, right? So so I you know contracts come and go, and and when their time is up, it's still difficult to to hire somebody. So you know maybe having something like a free agent signing period that right cool. to, to where they're open to to sign with any team i mean i I, th I think we've got to evolve as this next gen car comes in and and we have the opportunity to 
to try new things like trades would be awesome. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I just got, ex- I mean, I just, you know, I do the fantasy NASCAR league with the lab traffic podcast. I do fantasy football and it's like that kind of stuff gets me excited. And I'm like, man, that would just be so cool. And it just adds another level. I think for your diehard fan, right? Like your casual fan that's just tuning in for the 500 or some of the crown jewels, you know, isn't going to pay attention to that, but your, your diehards that are tuning in for, you know, the truck races that are tuning in for ARCA that are listening to a NASCAR podcast. I mean, those are the people that I think would really get behind something like that. And it just adds a whole new element to the sport. And I think it would help get names out there. Like we don't know pit crew names, you know, we, we don't know who's who's the tire changer, uh, you know, on a, on a basis like we can spot a number and I and make that I- identification there. Uh, I think that would help elevate and, and get more recognition to the pit crews if there was something like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned fantasy also. I mean, how cool it'd be if you were able to do a fantasy draft and, and had to pick a pit crew, right? And you start to get to know, you know, who the jackman is on the 18 car. Um, and, and you're picking the front tire changer and, and you know, somehow the data is collected and, and put out there that you score points in fantasy. Like, I mean, that's, that's honestly that that's the next step for, because they're, these guys, these athletes are, they're professional in everything they do. And, um, I, I think the recognition is, is coming right. As, as you see these, I mean, it's amazing to see these guys at work, um, when you really understand the details of it and just how fast they, they're able to, to do their jobs. Absolutely. I'm with you 100%. Uh, well, man, listen, uh, I really appreciate the time. I would love to touch base with you, uh, you know, third of the way, halfway through the season, and, and you know, see how things have evolved uh, with, with the new car and, and all of that and what changes you guys make in, in a short period of time and, um, you know, see where we're at from the next gen and, and the evolution of, of pit stops with the new car, man. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, feel free to reach out any any point. I'd love to give, it, give you an update for sure. Appreciate it. Listen, where can everybody follow you and the team and all that on social media? <laughs> We're still working on that. But uh, <laughs> twi- Twitter for me is at Coach Holland. Um, Holland is spelled a little different. H-A-A-L-A-N-D. Um, awesome. So. Cool, man. Well, listen, Lap Traffic Nation, huge thanks to Brian with uh, – Joe Gibbs Racing for calling in and, and breaking this down for us. Brian, it was great to talk with you. Uh, best of luck the rest of the season and look forward to catching up with you soon, man. All right. Appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. It. Thanks, man. We'll see ya. Lab Traffic Nation. That was Brian. That was really cool. Uh, a, a unique approach, different topic for the show, which I think is a lot of fun. And I hope you guys enjoyed that because, like I said, that uh, hopefully what Brian talked about gives you a fresh perspective of what we watch uh, Friday nights, Saturday, Sundays uh, for the rest of the year here and kind of can see the evolution of what pit stops become uh, as, as we get used to the next-gen car and all that good stuff. So, all right, uh, let's let's talk a little racing. Um, I mean, trucks Friday night uh, – racing this weekend was what we expect right like i i gotta get over the fact that hey we're just gonna have some crashes it's daytona uh and and just know it's the kickoff to the season and be happy about that uh the truck race though friday night very exciting uh zane smith picking up the win ben rhodes almost going back to back for daytona truck wins uh parker kligerman was up there you know he's a big friend of the show uh matt de benedetto 
top 10 at Daytona, which was awesome. He was up there as well. Uh, very curious to see what he does this year, as we all are. Haley Deegan with a top 20 finish. Um, you know, so some people were able to go out there, take advantage of the uh, the racing that Daytona provides. And I, I mean, I think it was a great start. You know, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, you know, John Hunter favored not too well there. As, uh, uh, if you picked him in, in lap traffic fantasy, you found that out. But uh, I mean, I'm just bummed the trucks are off we, for, for uh, Fontana uh, Auto Club. Man, what, what do we call it these days, you know? And we'll we'll just have to pick them back up in in Vegas. But uh, I, I was very very excited about the Xfinity series. We had a great season last year. I can't wait to get Dustin Albino from Jayski.com back on and and talk uh, racing, especially the Xfinity series. That's that's his baby. He loves talking Xfinity. And we had such an incredible year last year in the Xfinity series. Um, I, I actually think last year's Xfinity series was a little bit better than the truck series. And I wouldn't have expected myself to say that, but it, it's true. We had great racing last year and I think we're going to have the same thing this year. Um, you know, you're going to have a fight for some things. You know, Austin Hill going out there, picking up the win. Uh, he's obviously going to have a great year. A.J. Allmendinger, Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier, uh, Brandon Brown, Ty Gibbs. You know, Landon Castle now running for colleague is in some equipment that he should be able to go out there. You know, we're going to have some competition out there in the Xfinity Series this year. And I am I'm really looking forward to. Um, to the racing product that the Xfinity series is going to give us. Um, and then you have the big dance, the the cup race on Sunday, the 500. And I mean, just w what an incredible race in terms of the the drama, the storylines to come out of it. You know, Bubba Wallace with his second uh, place Daytona finish, you know, almost got one. Is he going to get one? I mean, hey, he's, he's finished second twice now. Very realistic that he could get one. Um, Michael McDowell, last year's winner, backed that up with a top 10 this year. I think that's a, a statement. Um, you know, I, I think the elephant in the room, though, if we're talking about Sunday, is Brad Keselowski. And, you know, he goes out, picks up the dual win, which was awesome. You know, hey, we're talking about Roush again, right? Which is great. I've gone on rants for the last few years talking about how I wish we were talking about Roush. I wish we were talking more about Richard Childress. I keep talking about how Tyler Riddick is going to be the one to get that breakthrough win for that organization as as well as you know I know Austin Dillon's won but you know I think once Tyler gets that win that's going to be a huge uh, leap forward for that organization you know Richard Petty needs to get back out there you know so I keep talking about all these guys and these organizations that I, I wish we were talking about more Brad Keselowski is going to help do that for for Roush and to go out there and get that dual win uh, you know I think Brad my thought is behind it. Brad wanted to go out there, get people talking about him, the organization, maybe go out there and get a win because, you know, they're going to have to get things dialed in. Are they going to be out there competing for wins that you're intermediates? I don't know. They might. Uh, I think the the initial reaction to that question for me would be no. So, hey, if we're going to get a win, it's going to have to be at Daytona's, the Talladega's, maybe a row course. Uh, you know, so he went out there. 
and and I put it out on Twitter that he was running a NASCAR heat race on PS4 with you know cautions turned off. Uh, you know, didn't make friends. Uh, not that Brad's worried about making friends on the racetrack, and and I totally get behind that. You know, you got to go out there, you got to run your race and and do you, uh, which I get. But I was I was a little surprised to see how aggressive, how early the six was, and uh, you know, it's we'll, we'll just have to see what I'm curious to see how he races, uh, you know, this week, you know, and, and going forward and to see what they're able to do. I, I hope like hell that organization is able to put something together. And I think they will. I think Brad will be able to help them uh, as, from a sponsorship perspective, from a knowledge perspective. And I think it's going to be fun to watch the the rebrand of, of, uh, of RFK and uh, – see what happens so there we go can't wait for this weekend you know we re- you know we we got to get a clear picture of what pit stops are going to look like brian talked about that a little bit ago uh you know but we really don't know what the car is right because you know it's it's daytona and now this week we're really going to see what that car's like you know how does it run how does it handle in traffic can you pass can you not and I'm I'm very excited for this weekend now that Daytona's not out of the way. But uh, you know, hey, week one, race one done. All right, let's let's get down to business. And uh, now that the pomp and circumstance of of the season kickoff is over, and let's see what happens. So, all right, there's that. Uh, what do you say we do a little? Uh, social media, and we'll get Brian on, and then we'll uh, we'll get Corey on and talk a little ARCA racing from this weekend. So uh, that's the next few things here. So let's do a little lap traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, please go leave you a review, mail. tell your friends, all that good stuff. Picked up a ton of followers on Sunday, which was awesome during the race. Uh, hopefully, we're not too far away. Well, we're only about 250 followers away from hitting 6,000 and giving away the uh, Kevin Harvick sheet medal and Chase Elliott raced win uh, 124 from Phoenix in 2020. Uh, can't wait to give that away. Thank you to all of the retweets. I think we're close. We'll get it. We'll get it soon. And uh, I I pre-ordered and I got it already. A bunch of lap traffic swag and stuff to give away throughout the season. So we'll do some fun giveaways, all that good stuff. Um, but speaking of new followers, Chad McDaniel at uh, Chad Illich Ranch Three, NASCAR and wrestling fan. Hell yeah! What'd you think of uh, Elimination Chamber this past weekend? Uh, Ken at Ken Frat seventeen eighty three NASCAR fan from Ohio. Uh, Ali Borat at Ali Borat, NASCAR fan and a photographer, which is pretty cool. Brian Cooper at Brian Cooper 79, a Chase Briscoe fan from Missouri. Jordan Hamano at JT Hamano, NASCAR fan and a HMS fan. Chuck Lally at JG2448JJ, NASCAR fan from California. And I was pretty excited when I saw this. Seriously Fast Media at Seriously underscore Fast. Uh, another NASCAR content provider from my home state 
and uh, the Motor City. So uh, that's cool. Uh, welcome, guys, and I uh, can't wait to check out some of the stuff you guys put out. And don't forget, get your free Lept Traffic Podcast koozies and stickers. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. I will send those out for free. And, of course, if you want your lap Traffic swag, if you don't win a shirt or a hoodie, uh, there's all that good stuff, different color options. I'm telling you, you get a lap Traffic hoodie, it's like I'm giving you a hug. That's how warm and soft these hoodies are. Uh, there's some cool things out there with uh, old school logos, new logos, uh, as, as, as well as some cool fonts and all that good stuff out on the store at the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com. All right, enough shameless plugs. Let's keep going. Let's get Mr. Brian Newdorf on, talk a little college basketball, as well as the early outlook and forecast for this weekend at Fontana. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN, along with Aaron Studwell at Race Weather. It is Mr. Brian Newdorf. Sir, good evening. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, you know, I was not happy with y'all when you dropped like 22 points on the Boilermakers at, uh, <laughs> at, at you know, at, at, there in Ann Arbor. But then, you know, your coach decides, you know what? I'm thinking I'm going to go whack-a-mole on Wisconsin. So, oh, whack-a-badger. Whack a so, um, <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. No, man. And what I, just, I mean, I literally just came up with that. I love that. It seemed... No, what a, what a crazy situation. Um, sitting down here uh, watching the race with the with the new baby and had the Michigan already and Already exposing it to violence. I know. I know. I'm, I mean, I'm, obviously, obviously, Howard is, um, you know, from the Fab Five. Obviously, he's going to have problems with timeouts. <laughs> Dude, you're on a roll today. I love it. I uh, love this it. is all from the this is all from the internet. I, I can't take you know. I can't take right. It's all right. It's good. Um, yeah, I mean that was just nuts. You know, you especially in college basketball, you want to try to you know instill respect upon uh, these these young men and and young athletes and. You know, when when your coach can't keep his cool, uh, that doesn't help the situation. You know, just, you know, don't get, don't get in line. You know, you want to make a statement, don't get in line, uh, you know, and and whatever little medicine they would have given him for that probably would have been a lot more palatable than what's going to come down the pipe here over the next day or so. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of argument. It's 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 uh, a growing support for Howard. I mean, in some ways, I get that. Um, I've watched the replay a lot of times cause I like college basketball and, um, you know, I'm always about giving people the benefit of the doubt. Really? I am, you know, because, you know, there's always in my, in my world when I was in television and I was, you know, I always like to say that there's three sides to every story. There's the one side, the other side, and somewhere in between is the truth. Yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. and then video and then the video evidence and you're watching that and you're just like, you know, yes, the Wisconsin coach guard, uh, as they're walking, I mean, because Howard is walking through the line towards the center of the court, yep. like everybody else. And, you know, he's trying to ignore guard and guard is kind of trying to get that sense. And so he kind of, and like he does that, he was doing that with a lot of, people. he just kind of hits his arm. Now he, yes. So for everybody who says guard made a contact on Howard first, you're, you're right in that aspect, but it wasn't like, touching him in a way that was aggressive or trying to like grab somebody by the, you know, collar. I don't know. Howard may have done that and then stuck a finger in the person's face. So by that point, I'm thinking 
if you're upset that guard grabbed you, you already showed that by the the grabbing of the scruff, you know, up there in the front, and then pulling him towards you, and then smacking him with your finger by saying, "I will remember that." Whatever the whatever that was said, and then he le- then he leaves, then he gets pulled away, and then you know everybody's getting broken in, trying to pull the coaches away, and then all of a sudden he comes back in. Now, obviously, words are being said. Who knows what's said? But he was up. But everybody's argument that well, guard grabbed him first, and that's why he punched. That would make sense if he punched guard. Yeah, he didn't. He hits another assistant coach or statistician or whatever the guy was on Wisconsin. Yeah, that's and then 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 that's when these players start you know throwing haymakers and punches. And I mean, there should be discipline on both sides. Now, I mean, should he be fired? That's I mean, no, probably not. Um, obviously, it's not his first offense. You're a Michigan guy, so it'll be interesting to see how you weigh in on this. Um, now, if he got fired, I could I could see the argument for it. Um, but if, should he? I definitely, I personally think he's done the rest of the season. I agree. Now, if Michigan somehow makes it to the tournament, he could come back then. But personally, I think he's you should suspend him for the rest of the, the regular season and through the Big Ten tourney. If I'm the Big Ten, I I think that's that's beyond fair. I mean, I try to take an objective approach on a lot of things, and this is one of them. And and for me, it's like, you know, I'm about the team. Uh, you know, I, I want better recruiting. I want a better product on the on the court, and this doesn't help that situation. Um, you know, I I don't want to subscribe to the theory that he did it on purpose because he wanted a way out. And hey, what better way? Uh, not to mention, Beeline's been sitting on the bench the last couple games. You know, maybe Beeline wants to come back. Which hey, I I loved Coach Beeline. You know, a lot of people did. Yeah, he yeah you know, no, he was a great I, coach. Um, you know, so I, I wonder if there's any any thought, any truth behind that, regardless I had, I had, of that. I, I had, yeah, I hadn't heard those theories. I didn't even know Beeline was still on, you know, was on, you know, was courtside or bench. Yeah, I mean, yep. but then, I mean, so you're basically saying that maybe Howard was feeling some pressure with Beeline there, and so he was like, well, maybe my job's in danger and stuff I, like that. I wonder. I wonder. You know, and for me, I I just you know I, I'm all about respect from a a whether you're a celebrity, whether it's it's uh, an athlete, whatever the case is, you know, um, and for me, it's, you know, you're, you're the coach uh, of college basketball, you know, pros, I'd, I'd probably have a lot more leeway for the situation. Uh, but when you're the you're the person that these young guys are supposed to be looking up to and, and how to shape their lives, how to live their lives on and off the court, you know, that that doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth in that situation, you know, and. I, I just I if he even if they suspended him for if the 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 uh uh I'm drawing a blank here not the big ten the the NCAA tournament sorry man uh, I'd be okay with that I I really would um, mainly maybe because I I'm saying that because I don't think they're gonna go that far anyways you know so it's, no. it's not that bad but um, yeah I, I I mean I I think something should definitely happen as far as a uh, heavy fine and suspension of games, you know, do I think firing is a little extreme? Yes. But if they didn't, I guess I would say I wouldn't be surprised. So we'll, uh, Oh, I hear that. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I am a little surprised. Okay. Well, so people know we're recording this Monday evening, you know, above when it probably happened about right before the start of the race, which was about two 30. It's, you know, so we're about, you know, we're over 24 hours from when, Yep. That went down. Yep. So at this point, you're like, um, you know, 
uh, it's a little surprising. I thought it would be swift. I really did. I, I personally thought this was going to be kind of like, okay, they were going to come down and it was going to be fairly swift. The fact that it hasn't, I actually think bodes well for Howard to be perfectly honest. And, agree. you know, so, um, I, I, there's a lot of theories and I don't really want to go. This is a NASCAR podcast, yes. so I'm not going to get into those. Um, oh, but hey. we do like to talk big 10 and, yes. you know, we stopped, you know, everybody laughed when Rutgers beat the big, bad number one team. And then he they then they just lined all of the other ranked teams up and went shooting. <laughs> um, well, yeah, all right, NASCAR man. Um, yeah, we're what, back, uh, and I didn't have to, do, and I didn't have to do anything. That's right. What uh, What'd you think of the five hundred, and uh, what'd you think of the the single lug tire changes and all that good stuff? Um, I will be honest. I had to run to Costco during the first part, and I thought I'll have time to watch the race. And I got back, and the Purdue game came on. And so I was watching a little bit. Obviously, the one thing I do know is that there were a lot of tires coming off. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm starting to understand when I read the statement after the win from Penske regarding why they were doing it. looked like NASCAR was not answering questions regarding, you know, that all not all not all holes were created equal. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, while listen, I'm I, I've heard this single lug nut thing because what a lot of the other series have that plus when you talk about all the gun issues we had earlier when the people you know you know they were trying to make things all fair so nascar provided guns and then the guns were jamming and then you know lug nuts are you know you know not getting tight all the way and stuff like that i mean in some ways i get it i kind of i mean to me it's not a bad idea but um something needs to be done too i mean having tires coming off and stuff like that's not safe for anybody and then as some people as people pointed out too what if you know some of the wrecks that we've had you know you know, what if one of these tires come off? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we've seen what happens when a tire goes off and then goes into the stands. So uh, now you are at least now you start putting fans in jeopardy too, potentially. Uh, so, yeah, all of these things uh, combined. Uh, so I, I'm going to wait till I see, obviously. I mean, I always feel like super speedways, not exactly the best test oh, I for agree. a lot of these things. Yes. yes. I'm with you, you know, I'm with you. You know, it, it's like, you know, let's see how well your car drives every day. But first, we're going to do it in an ice storm. Right. <laughs> That's a good analogy. I like that. Now, it's the best I could come with I on like the, on a short fly. I but, like I mean, you know, yeah. in conditions that aren't normal. Sure. All right. Yep. Intermediate tracks where we mostly do things now, we can kind of see wheels or maybe even on a road course where you're going to have that more, you know, more with turning and stuff like that. So it might be a little more interesting. But. Obviously, pit stops and stuff and all those things are crucial. Apparently, I mean, I did a real quick unofficial scientific poll on Twitter by saying, hey, the weather was nice. What you thought? Right. Most people liked it. Yeah. Most I people mean, liked hey, it. What, it, what it. What do you know? We got through all four races on race weekend at Daytona scot-free. I mean, that's that's a good sign. It's a good start. That, yeah. that could just mean the rest of the season just completely <laughs> sucks weather-wise. Uh, well, speaking of that, uh, you mentioned we are doing a little early this week, but uh, what's the what's the early outlook for this weekend at Auto Club? That's all you want to talk about, the 500? That's it? I mean, oh, I didn't watch it. Oh, well, all right. Let's, and obviously, uh, obviously, once again, a first-time winner, you know. Yes. Well, all right. What do you think about Kozlowski just bulldozing his way through anybody? Well, I mean – like isn't that what okay listen if he had a number three and he was still you know the intimidator 
would we be having this conversation? Or is it because we just don't like Kozlowski? Well, so that's the thing. Like, I'm not not a Kozlowski fan. I just was like, damn, dude. I like because I, like, I mean, I like Kozlowski. I, I mean, do, I do, too. I think he's done great things for the sport. Uh, I think he's going to be the shot in the arm that Roush uh, needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they're. You know, if I'm and I've said this before, you know, if I, if I'm Richard Childress, if I'm uh, Richard Petty, you know, maybe I look at the the contract and the way things were done. Uh, maybe they need something like that. Maybe that would work for them, bringing in a big name, giving ownership in lieu of a, you know, a, a high paying contract kind of thing. Um as a way to go about it. And well, look you know, at Jeff Gordon. I mean, look at Gordon now. Yeah. You know, so I think Kozlowski went out there uh, wanting to make a name for himself uh, with the new team, wanting to get them talking about the him, the organization, uh, and knowing that, hey, these races might be their chance uh, to get a win in the win column this year, get Roush back to victory lane. And, you know, he went out there to go and do that. And so for that, I 100% understand uh you know was it a little uh, you know i've seen more reckless driving at plate racing you know so you know it wasn't the worst but i was surprised to see how aggressive how early at the 500 he was i mean again i guess it just depends i mean if it was you know if it was a bush brother i mean there's a lot of guys out there known for aggressive driving sure sure well, and then to, to me, I made the. I, I was talking with a couple of buddies. I made the joke. I'm like, well, maybe you know, Ryan Newman took a lot of a lot of crap for how he drove in the six, and here's Keselowski's first race in the six doing the same. Maybe it's the number, not the driver. I don't know. So, but oh, uh, and then speaking of numbers, everybody's losing their <laughs> crap because I don't know the numbers off center. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know, that'll just, it'll, it'll grow on us like everything else has. Here's an idea. Here's how you want to really mess with people. Roman numerals. All right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Nope. (laughs) I'll take my off center. Okay. There you go. Off center. And then I saw the funny that there's like, you know, just be happy. They have numbers on there. Maybe they need to start making the numbers out of like sponsorship logos. Oh man. Maybe motel six can, you know, do Kozlowski. That would, that would fit. That would definitely see, see what I'm doing there. I, I do. know I do. I do. All right. Uh, all right. How about you want weather? Now? I'm only the only reason I'm stalling is because as of right now, it is California, despite the fact that the week's going to start off stormy on the West Coast, uh, yes. which then it will translate into uh, me getting a lot of rain. And it looks like, you know, you're not done with winter yet either. No, um, nope. So, um, yeah, that that's all part of the same connection anyway so once that moves through early in the week it actually looks uh i went and looked at some stuff but it actually looks i mean the way too early i would say the way too early forecast uh is i would say it's 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 pretty good uh for uh auto club um and uh i'm, I'm so yeah i think overall we're looking uh, pretty good with our, our forecast there excellent good deal that's exciting uh well man uh great to have you back uh solo and uh we'll get back on our rotation here and looking forward to a another year uh we missed last week as i kind of figured we were going to with uh yeah seriously you're like yeah seriously you growing to your family by the way for those of you who didn't hear they didn't hear because it was off air but i i feel like i would be remiss if i did not share my diaper changing oh, yes. philosophy with you perfect way as to I, I love it i i definitely think so so for those of you i have three boys you have a son now but i have uh 
I have three boys now. They're, they they've way past that that uh, um, that point in their life, but um, I always treated and I figured I would speak your language. Yes. I always treated this as you know a, a NASCAR pit stop speed. And efficiency is of the most, especially when you're dealing with boys. Yes. Okay. I yes. can honestly say I've never been peed on. Okay. Now, downside is you don't have like, you don't have a, you don't have the one guy taking the tire off and another one put it on. Okay. Right. You would, so you're all by yourself. So what you got to do is you got to bring that first one down. And, you know, as soon as you're taking that other one off, you put the other one down, it's a guard. Okay. And then you're fast. I mean, now that once that's covered, you know, you're good. It doesn't matter, but it's a speed issue. Yes. So you don't get peed on. Yeah. So, I, uh, we're going to start timing. I mean, I'm going to have Lindsay time me and see how quickly I can start. I can improve my diaper changing times. I mean, and you can pretend you have multiple lug nuts where you go, yes. voo, voo, voo. you yes. know, you can make the sound of I the gun instead of one, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Lab Traffic Nation. Make sure you follow Brian on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN, along with Aaron Studwell at Race Weather. Sir, great to talk with you, and uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Okay, in a couple of weeks, and hopefully you'll get us both on again for another big race. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe, maybe more than like more than last times? year when I dropped the ball yeah. like drastically That's right. on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch you soon. And and if you do have any timeouts during the show, make sure Juwan Howard approves them, so we don't want to have any more incidents. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, man. We'll catch you later. Sounds good. We'll see ya. All right, Live Traffic Nation, great to hear from Brian, and we'll get Mr. Aaron Studwell on next week. And coming up here right after the Lucky Dog segment is Corey Hine, your uh, ARCA winner from this past weekend at Daytona. We'll get him on and, and talk some ARCA racing. But first, it's your Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. You guys know the drill. Send your picks in after the race weekend is over, and uh, I'll read them back, tag on social media. And then at the end of the year, we do a recap show, which has uh, become a staple of the Lat Traffic Podcast. All right, here we go. Scott at 1985 Wagner. Lucky dog. Austin Sindrick. Unflippin' believable. A lap down guessing half of the Lat Traffic Fantasy League players, including myself. Such a strong showing in 45th am I right now. Yes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in just a little bit. Uh, Carson Haglin at Carson Haglin. Lucky dog to the winners in all three series, winning their new rides. Lap down Arca with another boring super speedway race. You know, Carson, I think once uh, we get a little bit more uh, intertwined with the ARCA series, ARCA East, ARCA West, I think we're going to start to see a lot better racing from the ARCA series. Uh, talk to Charles Crawl uh, numerous times about that, and and that is their goal, uh, you know, is is to improve the on-track uh, competition in the ARCA series, and, and I... I love that guy, and I have all the faith in the world that uh, they're going to get that done here very soon. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. Given the lucky dog to Cindric, I love rookie winners. A lap down to the nose of the six-car dude spun everyone out there. Looked like Tom Cruise from Days of Thunder. I love that. That's fantastic. All right, John at Racing underscore 64. Lucky dog is Austin Sindrick, first-time winner. Lap down, Fox refusing to show intervals on ticker when your driver is fighting for a lucky dog. That is crucial information. I didn't realize that, but, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Jason at Stone 29 Larson forgetting how to draft is my lap down. Austin is lucky dog for being in the right place at the right time, and now he is a rookie Daytona 500 winner. Congratulations, kid. Uh, Jess at Iowa NASCAR fan, lucky dog. Cindric, what a race from the rookie. Going to be a big year with all the road courses, too. You got that right, man. Absolutely. 
lap down. Keselowski was in uh, win all win at all cost mode, and it didn't work out. And his old car won. Uh, what a slap in the face! Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, Kristen at K Hogland seventy nine. Lucky dog is Cindric, of course. Lap down Bubba for being so close and missing out on a win. Lisa at LL Chanana. Lucky dog, you and Lindsay on the birth of your son Alden this past week. I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, lap down anyone who was in front of Keslowski. Second lucky dog is Cindric with the win in his first race as a rookie in Cup. Uh, Matt at Camper News Net. Lucky dog Austin Cindric. First race as a full time Cup Series driver and winning the five. 500 is something that will be remembered for a long time. This, for sure, I wasn't expecting. This will be a really exciting season to watch. A lap down, Bubba Wallace, so close but too far. Uh, Matt at CH9SE Fan. Lucky Dog Easy Snyder. Uh, lap down, Hendrick. Um, they had nothing even with two wrecks. They have nothing. Wow. And I have two more special Lucky Dogs. All the way were the fans. That place was effing packed, and it looked like it on TV. And two speed weeks in general, three great races. Drivers uh, seem more aggressive than ever. 2022 going to be special. I love it, Matt. I love it. Uh, Mike at uh, Odell underscore Michael. Lucky dog. Austin Sindrick for the first Daytona 500 win for the two car for Mr. Penske. Lap down Harrison Burton. Welcome to Cup, young man. Uh, Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragon. Lucky dog. The two car of Austin Sindrick. Gets a Daytona trophy as a rookie lap down. Harrison Burton uh, got to got to look at the track from the top down. Ooh, yes, sir. Uh, Scott, it's Scotty D, 2448. Lucky dog, the next-gen car getting tested over and over in accidents and passing with flying colors. 100%. Lap down, Kozlowski running wreckers, right checkers, inviting him. Uh, Tristan at Tristan Cole. Lucky dog, Austin Sindrick on winning the 500. Penske getting a Daytona 500 win on his birthday. Lap down, Kozlowski. I'm pushing it too hard at times and causing a few accidents. And last but not least, white and nerdy at Terry C underscore four. Lucky dog, Austin Sindrick. Lap down, hate to say it. But Brad and pushing and the commercial coverage by Fox. There you have it. That's your lucky dog and lap down picks this week. All right. Uh, normally, we'd be closing this thing out with a little lap traffic fantasy, which we will get to in just a little bit. But right now, let's get your Daytona winner from the Arca Menard series. Corey Heim on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He is the driver, the number 20 with Venerini Motorsports and the winner of the Lucas Oil 200 this past Sunday at, or Saturday at Daytona. It's Corey Heim. Corey, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, not too much. I'm good. Just uh, hanging out at Venerini Motorsports right now. How are you? Oh, uh, hey, man, it's it's podcast night. I'm doing good. Uh, excited that uh, week one is in the books from Daytona. Um Man, back to back. How cool is that for you? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, to, to even win one race at Daytona, even to be a part of that race at Daytona is pretty pretty surreal for me. Um, I remember last year, it was just such a you know childhood dream for me to compete in that race. And then to, to win that race is just amazing. And, and to come back and do it again and, you know, the fashion that we did, it was pretty surreal. So uh, just awesome to be part of that event in, in general. Absolutely. Um, you know, Venerini had a game plan coming out there and, and you guys were able to stick to it for for quite a while. Uh, you know, talk about, you know, the 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 team aspect uh, going into this weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, the Super Speedways especially and Daytona, I mean, that's that's everything. Team organization and just kind of a meeting beforehand is really really important to kind of execute. And, you know, we kind of had a idea of what the, uh, what the plan would be. But um, after we got our qualifying group, which was really, really good of, of six cars that we knew would qualify up front, um, we knew we had a really, really good shot at, you know, starting up front and just kind of controlling the race from the very beginning. So um, that's exactly what we did. That's great, man. Um, well, listen, uh, I love getting getting ARCA guys on here, and I want to talk about, uh, you know, your your uh, truck series uh, run with Kyle Busch as well here in a little bit. But uh, for those that, that maybe aren't too familiar with you, you know, tell everyone a little bit about your, your background, racing, getting started, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I started out when I was five years old. Um, when I was four years old, my dad uh, bought me a quarter midget for Christmas, and um, we started when I was old enough to race, which was five, and I did that for, I want to say, almost 10 years until we got into Bandoleros and Legends cars around um, Atlanta Motor Speedway, and we kind of raced all, all around the southeast, went down to um, Florida, North Carolina at, at some point, and um and then I got into pro late models and super late models around the Southeast. And we traveled a little bit with those as well. Um, and then I made the transition to, to Arca and, um, and, and trucks. That's great, man. Um, so six wins last year, finished second in points. Um, you know, w- what are the Arca plans the rest of the year? Yeah. Uh, as of now, I have six races, um, more after Daytona plans. So, um, our next race is at Talladega. I'm pretty much just doing the big tracks this year. Um, Jesse Love is going to be the other car competing for owner's points within the 20 car this year. So I'm basically doing every race that he's not old enough to do, um, which is pretty exciting for me just because um, I feel like is a strong suit for me is those bigger racetracks. So that's really um, that's a great opportunity for me to get warmed up for my truck races as well. Awesome. Um, talk a little bit about what makes, in your eyes, Venerini Motorsports so successful in the uh, ARCA series and, and, you know, what made it click for, for you personally with them? Yeah, I mean, you can just walk around the shop and tell that these guys are really driven. And, you know, Shannon Rush has been my crew chief for the last uh, year and a half, two years now, and he's always just been – uh, lights out at the racetrack, lights at the shop, really, really driven and really determined to, to succeed. And there's, you know, four or five other um, people that are capable of crew chiefing or do crew chief that are also, you know, driven enough to to make a successful ARCA team. So you get those four or five guys together and then, you know, along with everyone else that does really good work at the Venturini Motorsports shop and you get a really good successful race team. So um, they've always really had guys walking around the shop that, that really know how to succeed and know how to make fast race cars. And, um, you know, this year is no exception. You've, you've been with them for a couple years now, whether full-time, part-time f- with them. Uh, you know, Venturini, obviously known as, as a great developmental group for, for up-and-coming drivers. Um, you know, what, was it hard this weekend at Daytona, uh, you know, working, you know, w- with your teammates, you know, a younger field with just the type of racing that Daytona typically brings? Yeah, I mean, I was a little concerned with, you know, just my teammates having no experience um, coming into that race. But um, I was in the same seat, you know, a year ago before I raced Daytona. I had no super speedway experience in my life. So um, I kind of just told them everything that I that I knew going into that race and what helped me win last year's race. And I think that really paid off just to kind of sit down and talk to him. And, you know, every, everyone within Toyota Racing and TRD is really close. So 
Um, they had a lot of connections there to just kind of go within that group of people and talk to them and get all the information they needed. So, um, you know, I tried to load up Tony and Parker with, with a lot of information on how to really just help out your teammates and be there at the end. And, you know, if you help your teammates, it's going to help you in return. So, um, you know, Gus, Gus already had a lot of prior experience and so he didn't need, you know, much of that. And he did a phenomenal job as well. So, um, really grateful for some, some, some smart teammates. Sure. No, for sure. Um, you know, you kind of being the veteran there now, uh, who were you looking up to and talking to a couple of years ago when, when, like you said, you know, you were making your first run there. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I mentioned, the whole Toyota group is super close. So it's really just anyone within that, um, that has experience, you know, um, you got guys that are, that are in the cup series that stop by TPC, the Toyota performance center every once in a while. And, um, you know, I just kind of pick their brain a little bit about super speedways. And that was kind of the biggest unknown for me last year, that in road courses. And, um, you know, we had some success on that as well. So, um, I think it's really important just to kind of really, talk to anyone you can that has prior experience whether they're successful or not they're going to have some sort of information that has helped them over the past so um, that's been really important for me sure uh you know talk about your day specifically you know uh at the track in terms of you know your prep getting ready for it and, and how the race went for from your vantage point yeah, I think a lot of it is just preparing for anything that could possibly happen leading up to the race. You know, um, like I kind of um, touched on a little bit earlier, your your qualifying group is very dependent on your starting position. And sometimes you don't have a whole lot of control over that. So you kind of got to be ready to start last. You kind of got to be ready to start middle of the pack or front of the fa- front of the pack. Excuse me. Um, and, you know, you just got to prepare for all those scenarios that might uh, come up. And, and me just kind of watching a lot of film and even just like last year talking within my Toyota group on how to kind of navigate through that um, was super important kind of leading up to the race. And, you know, if you expect anything, you won't be, you know, caught off guard. And I think that really helps me um, through really any racetrack. Sure. Uh, you know, last year uh, you led 38 laps this year. You led damn near the whole thing. Uh, you know, as, as you're out there leading and, and you're seeing the race kind of unfold in the rear view, uh, you know, were, were you getting nervous at all? Like, you know, are we going to get a, a, a late restart? You know, what was going through your mind as, as the laps were ticking down towards the end there? Yeah, I think we had such a fast race car that the the light caution really never phased me. I never thought that we were going to, you know, be in too much trouble. But, you know, it is Daytona, it is ARCA, you know, you kind of got to be ready for anything. And I feel like, you know, since last year, we had the exact same scenario play out where we were leading the last 35-ish laps. And then the caution came out with three to go. And we had that um, green and white uh, last lap restart caution. So, um, you know, I was kind of prepared for something like that to happen again because cautions are pretty common in arca as far as just super speedway stuff you got sure. inexperienced guys and you know some some cars kind of fall apart on you so um <clears throat> you know i wasn't too frustrated when that happened especially because the outside lane was starting to form up behind me and i kind of needed a break there so um it all worked out in my favor and that's that's really good awesome man uh all right let's let's talk about the truck series for a couple minutes here uh talk about what it was like to get a call from kyle bush uh you, you ran a, i think three races last year in the 51 uh you got 15 coming up this year talk about what what that whole process was like for you yeah last year i, I knew that i was going to get at least two starts and i ended up getting three um, by the time i was all said and done but um yeah i mean i kind of got warmed up to this team that i'm with this year i was with marty lindley in the in the 51 crew last year and they also came back for the for for the 22 2022 excuse me season and um that kind of helped me just really get the get the rhythm of everything. And I did a lot of sim work with them on a weekly basis. Even when Kyle ran, I did a lot of sim as well. So um, just to kind of get warmed up to those guys and really get to know them um, week in and week out has really kind of set me up for, 
hopeful success this year. I think I've, you know, really done a lot to, to set myself up for success. So um, we'll see if that all pays off. Awesome. Um, talk about the transition. Was is it was it a challenge this past weekend, uh, you know, to, to hop from one seat to the other? Yeah, I mean, at Daytona, not necessarily. I think, um, you know, like I kind of touched on earlier, as long as I did my research on both end, <clears throat> both ends of that, um, you know, nothing really kind of phased me in that aspect. But um, I did have that incident on pit road, which kind of took me out of the race, um, you know, which is a little bit different than just studying the racetrack. It's kind of just a, just a, you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of situation. But, um, you know, funny you mentioned that because last year I, I ran Watkins Glen in the truck and Arca car and we went out there in the Arca car and won the race and, and I think loved the most laps in that one too. And um, I went out there in the truck the next day and just struggled really, really bad. So, um, you know, sometimes it's tough to kind of just bounce back and forth. I don't think Daytona falls into that category, but um, there's some of the tracks just like Watkins Glen that's definitely um, tough to bounce back and forth between. Sure. Um, what do, do you know the next couple uh, truck races that you're going to be in? Yeah, I believe the next one's Atlanta here in about a month. And then after that, I want to say... Uh, Darlington, I think. Awesome. Uh, when, when I mean, we, we think of Atlanta, you know, we think of the, the old school, the, the, the track, and, and how awesome of a race uh, the trucks have been in Atlanta. Uh, what do you think it's going to be like with the repave there now? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, it's it's a really big unknown for everybody. Um, it sounds like they're going to bring the, the high drag and, and low power package with the trucks there, and it's going to be pretty much wide open. So um, don't be surprised if it races a lot like Daytona, honestly. It's a different shape, and it's got that um, that D-shaped oval on the front stretch. So um, that'll mix it up a little bit. It's going to be really tough to hold the yellow line if that's what we're going to have to do. And um, it'll be interesting. I, I really have no idea how it's going to race. I hope it's a good race for sure, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of a slug awesome uh are you do you know if you're running uh martinsville in the trucks because that's always everybody's like i gotta go get me a grandfather clock so are we are we gonna go out yeah. and get one <laughs> I, I don't believe so this year i think kyle's gonna try to get his um his weekend sweep this year but um it's not 100 percent positive at the moment but um I'll, I'll be able to know within a couple weeks here that's awesome well man uh give some shout outs to sponsors all that good stuff and tell everyone where they can follow you on social media yeah, absolutely. This past weekend was um, Crescent Tools' first race on a on a NASCAR stock car, so that was really special for them. Um, Twitter racing, of course, for everything they do. Champion uh, power equipment, and then you got JBL on my truck on the Tundra TRD Pro. Um, you know, wish we had a better run on that, but really grateful for my support there. Um, and then on Instagram, you can follow me at uh, Corey.Heim. Twitter is CoreyHeim underscore, and Facebook is just CoreyHeim Racing. Awesome, man. Uh, Lap Traffic Nation, huge thanks to Corey for calling in. Corey, best of luck the rest of the season, and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon and seeing how the season goes. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Awesome, man. Take care. We'll see you. Thank you. Yep. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that was Corey Heim. That was awesome. Great to talk to him. All right, uh, let's wrap this thing up with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. And new, I've, I don't know why it took me so long to come up with this idea, but it's it's there. Uh, it might take a, a little getting used to. Uh, but I created a live sheet that you can make your picks on. You don't even have to save it. All you got to do is type it. It auto-saves. Check out the link. Check out the emails. I get the email reminders out this week. Uh, keep the Twitter interaction up on Twitter using hashtag LTFantasy. And, yeah, uh, I couldn't get a hold of the, the weekly high winner this week, but... Uh, Nonetheless, uh, my picks of Endfinger 
Snyder and McDowell were good for a whopping 58 points and a 45th place uh, showing in the standings. Great job. Uh, our week high, though, Don James with his picks of Blaney, Dinger, and Rhodes, good for 128 points. And uh, he's sitting there in first place. In second place uh, with 118 is Kyle Garrett. In third, Michael Mason with 117. In fourth, Kristen Hogland with 115. In fifth with 109, Jeremy Waterbury. We got a three-way tie for sixth with 106 points with Jeff Clock, Justin Hughes, and Kent Dolfe. Two-way tie for seventh with 103 between Henry Fletcher and or Henry Fletcher and Tom Marcina. We got a two-way tie for eighth with 101 between Kim James and Michael Roller. Three-way tie for ninth with 100 points even with uh, Alan Cavana, John Warrington, and Tony Salt. And wrapping out the top 10 with 99 points is Dean Rower. Uh, and some bonus points. We had, uh, let's see, Don got a bonus point for his week high. And then we had some people that picked Cindric. We had some people that picked uh, Austin Hill. And we had, I think, one guy that picked uh, our truck winner. So uh, Aaron Studwell, Benton Wilson, Jumpy Bob, Don James, Kyle Garrett, Michael from the Blind Spot podcast and Stephen Florence all picking up some bonus points which will carry over if you make the playoffs so uh, there's that uh, we'll hopefully be able to get a uh, guest picker on next week but uh, right now uh, it is time for the picks Lap Traffic Fantasy players we kick off the West Coast Swing. We are headed back to Auto Club for the first time since March of 2020, where Alex Bowman picked up the win. How useful are trends going to be this year with the new car, new tires? We'll find out. But looking at some past trends, Chevy and Toyota have favored well at Auto Club and around the big intermediate tracks, as we all know. Ford only has two wins in the last 14 trips to Auto Club. There are plenty of Fords looking to rebound after Daytona, though. Will HMS resume their dominance? Will a new team step up to the plate? Last year, we had a good streak for new race winners each week. Will that continue, or will our Daytona 500 winner go back-to-back? We will find out this weekend, but it's time for my picks. Let's see how bad I can screw it up this weekend. Uh, For the Xfinity Series, I am going with the 7 of Justin Allgaier. And for the Cup Series, I am going with the 22 of Joey Logano. I think a Ford's going to get it done. We will find out. But, all right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 270 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Still got the giveaway about 250 followers away. Keep the retweets and all that good stuff going. Huge thank you to Corey Heim, Brian Halan, and Brian Newdorf. We'll see what we can put together for next week's show. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya!